I would like to welcome everyone to episode eight of the Learning Center. What is the Learning Center? It's our attempt to try to teach the Word of God in its purity, meaning that so many people in the world today are adding and taking away from God's Word. But it is our goal to try to give you the Word of God without any spin, without our personal opinions attached to it. We want to study out the Word as God intended for mankind without being perverted. Our subject today will be on abortion. And I want to tell the folks listening in today, we will talk about some sensitive issues. And if you have any kind of problems that may hinder you from listening to a subject, we want to give you fair warning. And just go ahead and skip on to another episode that could possibly help you. But today we'll be talking about abortion. And uh, in light of some of the subjects that's come up in the news about Roe versus Wade being reversed, we thought it'd be wise to tell you what God thinks about this subject. Here, as always, to help me with this is uh, Brother Jack Stewart. Brother Jack, let's get right into it, if you don't mind. What does God think about abortion? It's a very good question, but the way we determine what God thinks about abortion is going to the Bible. Because that's how God speaks to us today is through the written word of the Bible. We're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 37 that the things that are written are the commandments of the Lord. So the Lord reveals himself to us. One of the key elements in the question regarding abortion that is so peculiar to that subject is the beginning of life. When does life begin? Does life begin as that child in the mother's womb while the body is developing? Is that considered a life by God? Because we know that uh, God tells us that uh, one of the things that he hates in Proverbs chapter 6 is they that shed innocent blood. And nothing is more innocent in the eyes of God than a little child. Now let's go to the word of God to find the answer again. In Job chapter 3, God inspired the book of Job to be written so we would have this information about him. It reveals a lot about God and about his knowledge. In Job chapter 3 and verse 3, Job is lamenting the, his conception and the day he was born. Job chapter 3 and verse 3 says, Let the day perish wherein I was born, and the night in which it was said, There is a man-child conceived. There is only one possible individual that knew the very night that Job was conceived in his mother's womb, and that is God. The parents, of course, knew the possibility of conception was there, but they did not know the child was conceived. Even today, in man and all his technological advances and everything, he doesn't know the night in which a child is conceived. It usually takes some days or even weeks before that can be determined that an individual has been conceived, and especially whether or not it's going to be a boy or a girl. But God lets us know here that the night in which it was said, there is a man-child conceived. And note also that he doesn't say there was a fetus conceived. Mm-hmm. I've got my own personal definition of a fetus. A fetus is an unwanted child. The only time that the child in the mother's womb is referred to as a fetus is by the people who don't care about it, don't Mm -hmm. care, don't understand. That's a child. That's a living being to whom God has imparted a soul. And that soul was imparted when that child was conceived. If you go later on in Job chapter 3, you'll see also that Uh, God indicates through the words of Job by inspiration of the Holy Spirit that when Job was born, he already had a soul or a spirit when he was born. Sometimes it's referred to as ghost in the Bible as it is here. In Job chapter 3 and verse 11, it says, Why died I not from the womb? Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? 
Well, in order to give up the ghost when he came out of the belly, he had to have the ghost when he was in the belly. Mm-hmm. When did he have that ghost? At conception, because God knew at that time there is a man-child conceived. To take an innocent life is a sin in the sight of God, to shed innocent blood. And so sin, abortion, is a sin in the sight of God. And one understand that, and it's not, uh, God is telling us here that we don't know the outcome of the life of a child. We don't know what the child is going to be. We don't know what they're going to grow up and mature to be. We don't know how God might use them if they render themselves to God and let him use them in the world. We don't know what they could be, but God in his love has given life to that child. And we need to protect that life and allow that child to grow up and become all that God would have them to be. Okay. So with that said, does the Bible permit a Christian to be in good standing and be pro-abortion? No, the Bible does not permit that. We cannot be uh, for the things that God is against and be acceptable in the sight of God. God says we have to follow his teaching and his doctrine. And he teaches us that the Bible is given for that purpose to reveal that to us. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 and 17, he teaches us that's why he gave us the Bible, is to furnish us unto all good works. And if we go against those good works, we're committing sin in the sight of God. He warns us in Second John verses 9 through 11 that if we support, condone, or help in any way, or bid God speed even to individuals who are not abiding in the doctrine of Christ, then we become partaker of their evil deeds. As Christians, we cannot support abortion any more than we can support lying or stealing or hate. We don't support that. Hateful of individuals. Uh, prejudice. That can't be supported by a Christian. A Christian is supposed to be like Jesus and following the will of God. So in following the will of God, we need to be the kind of people God wants us to be. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is the segment we'll be talking about sensitive matter. And we understand people have gone through horrific things and have, and uh, we don't want to trouble you in any way. So if this is something that you may not want to be here for, we completely understand. We're here to teach we're not here to agitate or hurt anybody in any way. And there's plenty of other podcast uh, episodes on right now that you could listen to. Um, Brother Jack, the next question I have for you is uh, some that are pro-abortion will pose a question. And it is a, it is a delicate question and one to, that I want to be sensitive about when I ask you. is um, They mentioned that some women may maybe uh, have men forced upon them or even be raped and then be forced to give birth to this child and have to be with it for its whole life, knowing that it came from such an ugly situation. And they feel as if uh, abortion is a good option at that time uh, because they don't have to deal with the trauma going forward all those years. Well, the Bible teaches us that we can trust in God to help us through anything. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, the Apostle Paul was inspired to write, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And God promised us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 that he would not allow us to be tempted above what we're able to bear, but will with the temptation provide a way of escape. Uh, If the mother of that child does not want to keep the child, they do not have to in today's world. Here in the state of California, We have a law that uh, a mother can bring a newborn child to a fire station or a police department, turn it over to them, no questions asked. 
if they don't want to keep the child, they don't have to keep the child. But there is no excuse for killing an innocent child. Okay. There's no excuse for that. Even some people would say, well, what if the child is uh, not going to have any quality of life? Well, you know, we read about it in the Bible, in, in John chapter 9, we read about a man that was born blind. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he was born blind. And as, as being blind, uh, they asked the same question that so many people think about in the world today, which isn't true at all. Uh, who is God punishing that this child was born blind? Who committed sin, him or his mother? And the Lord Jesus Christ, his answer was no one committed sin. This child was born blind, so the work of God could be done in him. God can show us how to overcome things in this life today. And so there's no excuse that God will accept for an individual taking the life of an unborn child from the womb. And it is an unborn child, but there's no excuse given. And besides, that is a very, very small percentage of the abortions that are performed in the world today. Most abortions performed in the world today are performed for the convenience of the mother more than anything else. And so the mother says, I don't want this child. Well, there's other options. You can give the child up for adoption. You don't have to keep the child, but don't kill the child just because they're an inconvenience to you. What if the child was four or five years old and misbehaving? And do you want to take that child's life then? Do you want to kill them because it's an inconvenience for you? What about if whenever they become teenagers and they get involved in so many things and you have to be busy with your schedule, taking them here and there and doing things for them, buying clothes, feeding them, uh, they're an inconvenience. Do you want to kill them then? Mm-hmm. No, there's no difference in killing them then and taking their life in the womb because we already discussed life begins at conception. Okay, so let me ask you another question, Jack, another rough one. Um, there are a few cases that we've heard of that where the mother and the child is in a tough situation. And if the mother gives birth to the child, it potentially can kill both of them. What does God think about abortion at that point? Again, the Bible gives us no excuse for killing, for murdering, taking the life of an unborn child, of an innocent little child, even after they're born as well. Matthew chapter 18 and chapter 19, the Lord expresses that, that these little children are precious in the sight of God. And it were better that a, if an individual offend them, it were better that a millstone were tied about their neck and they were dropped in the midst of the sea rather than offending one little child. And so we need to understand that and recognize that there is no excuse given. <laughs> excuse me. And it also, we think about sometimes these things are done. Who are we doing it for? Whenever abortion, who is that for? Who, who is that helping? It's not helping that child for sure. And with regard to a child uh, conceived out of, of rape and, and other uh, incest and other things like that, and individuals say, well, they, they ought to be aborted. You know, that's, that's not true. They still should not because they shouldn't pay for the sin of someone else. We can't hold them accountable. It's not the child's fault that his mother was raped. It's not the child's fault that his mother was abused or involved in uh, incest. That's not the child's fault. Why condemn the child? Why kill the child because of somebody else's sin? Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 20 teaches us that the soul that sinned, it shall die. Not the one who is the victim of the sin, 
but the soul that sinneth. The responsible for that. Don't hold the child responsible for some evil act that might have been performed. It's not his fault or her fault. Uh, let that child live and become all that God would have them to be because we don't know what they can do or what God can do through them if we allow them to live. Well, thank you, Jack. And ladies and gentlemen, I do hope that you are able to gather some information from what Jack just uh preached upon. And we hope that if you are a Christian, this reassures you of the decision versus Roe versus Wade. And if you are opposed to it or somebody just learning the Bible, I hope you gather some more understanding on God's point of view. Uh, Jack, do you have any other ways that people can um, contact us or contact you or hear you? Yes, there are several ways that they can do so. One is on Facebook, our Facebook page, East Bakersfield Church of Christ, our website, eastbakersfieldchurchofchrist.com. Uh, you can also go to, I'll even mention my own personal Facebook page, uh, E. Jack Stewart. Go to that, and uh, we have information there. I give it a, a Bible day starter each day, a brief lesson to start your day focusing on the Word of God and how to make application to your own life individually. I want to extend everyone to, especially those in the Bakersfield area, a personal invitation to come and be with us at all of our assemblies to worship and our Bible classes at the East Bakersfield Church of Christ. The building where we meet is located at 3500 Bernard Street in Northeast Bakersfield. We have Bible classes Sunday morning at 9.30, our assembly to worship Sunday morning at 10.30. Sunday evening at 5 p.m., we have our evening assembly to worship. Uh, Tuesday at 6.30, we have an inquirer's class, which is a very informal open discussion where any individual there can ask any Bible question they have. Maybe you have Bible questions you'd like to have answered. Come and be with us and ask those questions. We go to the Word of God, seeking the answer and accepting the Bible as the final authority for everything we say and everything we do. And then Wednesday at 6.30, we also have our midweek Bible study. And presently, we're studying in the book of Revelation. I want to encourage you to come and be with us. You can also contact us. Uh, you can write to us. Our mailing address, again, is Church of Christ, 3500 Bernard Street, Bakersfield, California, Zip code is 93306. Uh, you can receive free CD copies of the lessons that you hear over the radio program. You can also be enrolled in a Bible study course that will correspond with you and study the Bible together with you. Our desire is that we would all get back to the Word of God, use it as a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway to lead us and guide us through this life to that eternal home in heaven. And if we can assist you in any way in your study of or obedience to the gospel, we want you to contact. So what do you think? Did we get it right? Do you believe that we taught the word according to the scripture? If you think we've gotten something wrong, we encourage that with an open heart. If you think you uh, need to know more information or that you have a question for us, contact us at the East Bakersfield Church of Christ. There is a page where you can submit those questions. If you'd like to see videos of me and Jack preaching or learn or learn any more, you can you can contact us at Facebook um, under East Bakersfield Church of Christ or YouTube under East Bakersfield Church of Christ. Until that time, we appreciate you and we thank you for joining us. Um, we'll see you again, Lord willing. <laughs>